0: Hey there again everyone, this is Tom Funk, here with Trail Tales once again, and we'll be bringing you uh, another episode of my hike across Michigan's Upper Peninsula. We are now in another county, Chapter 4, how about that, we're making progress across the UP. As you may recall from the last episode, I'm on a monster roadwalk making the best of an unpleasant situation as there was no trail between Sidnaw and Marquette back in 1988. This episode is brought to you by Nortive 8, makers of hiking shoes and hiking boots. Check them out, Nortive8.com. All right, August 3rd, 1998, I'm at the Parent Lake Public Access, and I will end at the Buford Lake State Forest Campground. Keep in mind, my friend Sean is keeping an eye on me. He picks me up at the end of the day, we find a place to camp, and then he brings me back uh, to where he found me the previous day, and then I start my hike again. Sean does not join me on these hikes. I destroyed him and his will to hike with me uh, back in the day, and... uh he was just nice enough to come up and hang out in the UP and keep an eye on me, and I'm very grateful for that. So 14 miles today, pounding the pavement brings the trip total to 187.5 miles. Uh, there's a few bugs, so a bug factor of one. It's cloudy, a few sprinkles, high of 75, low of 55. If you would measure the quiet majesty, the beauty, the sanctity of the woods, and does it with a two-foot rule automobiles snowmobiles trail bikes atvs or whatever will get you to the woods and through the woods but to be part of the great sanctuary and walk and when you walk observe and think look thoughtfully at the all the things about you ponder over them they are beautiful silent and above all things on earth they are honest and they are at peace let them remind you that you owe your allegiance not to you and your kind, but to them and their kind, for they are nature. And that is a quote from uh, unknown. Pain is becoming a fundamental element of my day. Like breathing, it is something that is mostly instinctive. I cannot be in command of the pain while walking. If I were to stop at any time during the day and unlace my boots, It would not be until the next morning until I put them back on. That is how bad the pain is. My feet hurt so much in the morning that it makes rolling out of bed quite the task. Today my day will be starting on time for a change. Out of bed at 7.45 a.m., Sean starts cooking breakfast consisting of egg sausage and hash browns. My feet pulsate, I feel exceedingly polluted, I smell horrible, and my clothes are besmirched. These factors compound the prospect to take a swim at my destination today, Beaufort Lake. After eating, I need to use the bathroom, which is up the road in the vicinity of the boat launch. Coming down the path uh, with the wife of the man camping next to us. Funny, I did not see her last night. Good morning, I say. Hello, good morning, she replies. In tow are her two children. Gosh, She looks awfully familiar. Where do I know her from? She's about five feet tall, mid-thirties, curly hair, and has a deep, crackly voice. I know her from somewhere. I return to my sight. I look towards the pop-up, and they are in it. Sean, I recognize the lady next door, but I'm not sure who it is. Huh, what's her name? Well, I think her name is Dale, but that doesn't seem right. Racking my brain, I continue to ask myself, who is she? Dale, Dale, runs through my mind. Then I hear their truck fire up. They are all in it, taking off, leaving the pop-up behind. Who is she? They drive by and wave. I'm going to look at the reservation slip see if the name is on it. I walk over to their site and look on the pole where there is a receipt. Elshoff. Dale Ellshoff. That's it. I go back to our site. I know her. She led a teacher workshop on Elk uh, River last fall that I intended. Small world, huh, says Sean. Dale Alshoff works for the Michigan State University Extension and is the state coordinator of Project Wild. I wrote a note and left it on their post. Dale, I knew it was you. It's me, Tom, from Binder Park Zoo. Camped next to you last night. I was a scary one with no hair. I'm walking across the UP towards Marquette. I'll have someone email Kathy Fisher, Casey Harris, etc. that I camped next to you last night. Small world, eh? Enjoy your vacation. Tom Funk. It is unfortunate I could not talk to her last night. We both had a blast out of running into each other, particularly in the middle of nowhere. At Parent Lake, where Sean drops me off, I remind him, Beaufort Lake, 6 p.m., or I'll come looking for you, Sean finishes my sentence. Setting up my pack on a large rock before hoisting it onto my back, I notice a small problem. "Uh Uh-oh. What, Sean says. Equipment repair, I say, pointing to my hip belt, and where it attaches to the stabilizer bar. It has come unfastened from the fabric. Attached to the stabilizer, the foundation is the bridge holding the hip and pad together. Without it, the pack slinks down on my hips. Pulling on a needle and thread, I make the repair. Crap, I cannot find my duct tape. I had it in no less than two places, and it's now in neither. I am so stupid, I say. Could it be someplace else? Sean says. No, I must have left it someplace. I borrowed some duct tape that was protecting my survival kit, which at the time was a Ziploc baggie, and I used it to protect my stitches. There, rock and roll! Finally underway, it will be another day full of road walking. Looking at the map, I have 14 miles, two road crossings today. Walking through the Copper Country State Forest, you would think I'd be enjoying the trees and corresponding wildlife. Unfortunately, I will only see cars and few houses today. My mind is as numb as my feet. One vehicle after another. I feel like David Byrne in the Talking Heads video, Road to Nowhere. My eyes are overloaded with the invariable representation of the road converging to a common point on the horizon. M28 is a straight, flat highway, and if it weren't for the trees, not very scenic. Walking along in a stupor, each step turns into a steady cadence. All I can do is reflect, and I do about all kinds of things. Detroit Red Wings winning the Stanley Cup, my childhood hockey years, smashing my knee into the boards in 7th grade, essentially destroying any chance of being a decent hockey player. I think it's all I can do. Sometimes I'll hum a song, Waiting for the Sun by the Doors, Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes, Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. Walking through the Sturgeon Gorge, the Ottawa and the Porky's, I would enjoy the natural beauty only to be interrupted by man's activities. On M28, it's completely the opposite. I have to keep my eye on the road and the corresponding vehicles. Rarely wildlife will interrupt my stride. In the top of a tree, out of the corner of my eye, I see some large bird breaking my trance. I stop, looking as a large wing spread. I get out the binoculars. Dark, black, some white spots. Ha! Immature bald eagle! Cool! It, too, is following the road to the east. I watch it as it turns into a speck. Now it is no different from a sparrow. I keep walking. I see a welcome sight, a rest area. Oh boy, I think I'll take an opportunity to sit, eat, and read, and rest a little. I walk into the site and I see Sean. He's already there. I figured you'd stop here, he says, sitting in his car. Let's eat lunch. I'm going to chill here for a while. I think I'm ahead of time. We find a picnic table. I pull out the gorp crackers, oatmeal bar, and some raisins. Sean leaves, letting me know he found a site at Beaufort Lake and gave me directions. After eating, I became cozy under a tree due to the occasional sprinkles and pulled out my Dostoyevsky. Raskinikov has admitted his crime of killing the old pawnbroker and is sent to jail, but he is guilty conscious that exacts the harshest punishment. Heck, I would have finished my book yesterday if it were not for my visitor at Parent Lake. Watching people come and go in their internal combustion wheelchairs, they are slightly interesting. They know I am watching, and I can see they are uncomfortable. I don't care. Because they're provided a freak show. Me, the backpacker. Is that guy hiking, Daddy? A boy asks his father. Decked out in plaid shorts, white polo, tan with Ray-Ban sunglasses, he checks me out and answers, Yes. Probably feels insignificant, even though he was driving this beast of an SUV, the Ford Expedition. Tempted to ask these guys if they even know uh, if they have a 4x4 level and if they've ever been off pavement, I resort to the silent sport of people watching. Heaven forbid they get a scratch on their precious vehicle. I'll bet that thing has never seen a gravel road. Me? I've been to the top of the Trap Hills. Finish my book, and it's on to the Copernican Revolution, an m 28 which is becoming quite dreadful. Walking, thinking, singing. Walking, thinking, singing. Paying attention to cars rooping past me at 65 miles an hour, I hear some crashing and banging in the bushes to my left. I freak out and I start yelling, Bear! Go away, I'm right here, I yell, looking into the ditch. As the right of way ends, it is a solid curtain of shrub and trees. That has been the case for most of them 28 I can't see ten feet into the woods. Turn to my right and see some bikers checking me out. The lunatic yelling into the trees. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not yelling at you. Something as big is moving in the brush and I'm trying to scare it. <laughs> they give me the yeah, whatever, dude look. A couple on tandem bike hauling all kinds of equipment on their bikes, towing a little trailer. Looks like they're going on a long haul. Where are you going? I ask. Maine! The woman yells back. Where and when did you start? They slow down and come to a stop. Oregon, we started in June and we'll end in August, says the man. Fantastic, that's just great, I say, as they start their paddling again. My big bubble has been burst. Riding my high horse, my trip seems trifling compared to that prodigious task. Here I have six weeks to hike, about 450 miles, and they're taking three months to do 3,000. Wow, them, cross continent, me, cross state. Hey, I'm walking. How many people walk across the Upper Peninsula anyway? At my second road intersection, I see a man on the other side of the road chopping wood. All along the road, someone has cut up small balsam furs and stacked it on the right right of way. This guy is obviously collecting it. Wearing a black ball cap, orange vest over naked skin, and blue jeans, he notices me and starts to walk across the road. I stop. No need to run away. Hi, how are you doing? I ask. He's carrying an axe, but for some reason, I don't know if will like I did when I saw that dope-smoking teenager. Where are you headed? St. Ignis, I say. If all goes well, of course. Wow, that's great. Where'd you start? Ironwood. We talked briefly about how people don't see me and overall oblivious to me when driving. I saw you in that vest, and I thought to myself, I need one of those. Hold on, I'll go get you one. I have a whole bunch in the truck. Huh, I didn't expect that at all. He runs to the truck. And he comes back. Here, let me attach it to your backpack. I turn around and he ties it on. Now maybe those morons will see you, he says. Give me your name and address and I'll mail it back to you. Oh, you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. Well, at least let me send you a note that I made it out of the woods okay. And don't be surprised if I include the vest. Oh, all right. My name is Vern Simula, Toyvola. What's Toyvola mean? Place of hope, says Vern. Toivola is in Houghton County and was founded in 1894 by Finns, who gave its name meaning Place of Hope. It was formed around a logging camp. Before I have a quotation for you, he says. Sure, I'll write it down, I say. I pull out my pencil and my, my pad. I follow no path. I leave no trail. My name is Vern Simula. I like it, I say, writing it down in my journal. Thanks, Vern. Good luck, Tom. And away I go. Again, there's another nice human right there. Seeing some uh, Merlins chasing birds, I check my bird list for the day. At each drop, I start filling out a new bird list. This present list is for the birds I see on the M28 corridor from Sydney to my next trail on the east side of Marquette. My listing for today includes Spotted Sandpiper, Chimney Swift, Eastern Phoebe, Eastern Kingbird, Tree Swallow, Barn Swallow, Blue Jay, Crow, Chickadee, red-breasted nuthatch, marsh wren, which was roadkill, golden-crowned kinglet, bluebird, catbird, wax wings, which are still everywhere, indigo bunting, chipping sparrow, white-throated sparrow, red-winged blackbird, grackle, and American goldfinch. Not bad for walking the side of a busy highway. My bird watching is traumatized as a car coming up from behind me swerved into the oncoming lane. Occasionally, a car would pass another of east, as discourteous as it may sound, and still pass whizzing by me, leaving only a couple of feet between the car and myself. Most of the time, I don't even realize they're in the lane. Well, this time, the car was not passing another car. Their purpose was to throw a plastic pot bottle at my head and yell at me. The pot bottle spun past my head, moving at 65 miles an hour. These idiots obviously forgot inertia. If they would have released that bottle 50 feet back, they may have accomplished their goal of knocking me unconscious. I tried to get their license plate, but they were moving too fast. It was a silver Nissan, if that means anything. First, I'm not phased, but walking makes me more and more pissed off. I think about what I would do if I say, saw them, say, at a rest area. De- definitely confront them, waving my walking stick. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Act like a psycho and they should run away, tails between their legs. The projectile is a full bottle of Mountain Dew. That would have hurt. Not ten minutes later, a man driving a red Buick swerves at me, driving onto the shoulder. He was about 500 feet away, and I pick up my stick and hold it like a baseball bat. He quickly adjusts back onto the pavement where he belongs. He passes and gives me a flabbergasted look. I think he's surprised I was going to whack his headlight if he came too close. What a bunch of idiot drivers. I'm glad they're in the vast minority because I don't get very many cars waving and such. Quickly losing faith in my fellow drivers, I become very keen to every sound created by a motor. Walking and turning around to watch traffic approach me from my rear is my constant movement as I walk. As I crest a hill on a curve, I can see a red car passing a recreational vehicle coming towards me. Funny, I hear an RV behind me around the curve. I turn, look, and sure enough, here comes a truck towing a trailer. Shit! Take cover. I have to get out of here. I charge full bore with a 40-pound pack into the ditch, and I turn to see the RV from behind screech its brakes and go onto the shoulder. The RV coming towards me does the same. Running towards the trees, it seems like the world is in slow motion. The car squeezes between the two RVs as they honk, rightfully so, at the passing idiot. I stand there in the ditch, breathing hard and reflecting at this close call. That was scary. Too damn scary. Kind of idiot would pass an RV in a no passing zone on a hill on a curve. Can my day get any worse? I hate M28. No wonder backpackers seek to walk trails. I hear another noise rumbling in the distance. A shielded storm makes its present known over the hills and trees. It looks like it's pouring rain just to the east of me. A line of dark, foreboding clouds make their way parallel to the highway. I wonder if Sean is staying dry. Walk, think, look. Walk, think, look. No more singing. I drown out the idiot drivers by doing so. Arriving at Three Lakes, I seek refuge in a small store where I buy a newspaper and call to leave Don a message. Seeing a sign for Beaufort Lake State Forest Campground, it takes me on a walk through a bedside community to the campground. Settled in a deep basin on my right, Buford Lake welcomes me. Walking a side road towards the state forest campground, I pass a house with a bird feeding station complete with birds. A hummingbird, my first of the year no less, makes the rounds at a sugar water feeder. Leading me towards the campground, the road takes me along the lake about 300 acres in size. Arriving at the campground, I can see this lake is complete with $300,000 houses. The boat campsites are barren except they're along the lake where there are a few trees. I can feel the soap and water already. I see Sean sitting, reading a book. Hey, I have some stories to tell you today, I tell him. I tell him about Vern, the drivers, and inquire about the storm. The first order of business was to bathe. There is a bathhouse to change and I skipped down just my shorts and brought my laundry with me. Scrub a dub, hiker in a tub, ooh, and that water, it was cold. Bathing, I realized I'm the only brave soul to take to the water. I ladder up and go through the motions, and quickly. The sooner I become dry, the sooner I can warm up and eat. After bathing, Sean and I struck up a rather lengthy conversation with the neighbors, the Villettes. Apparently, the husband went to school with Sean's aunt. The Villettes are from Milford, as is Sean. I was the RV that the red car almost creamed into, says Mr. Villette. (laughs) Then you saw me run for the hills, I say. We just wanted to get off the road without killing ourselves. (laughs) Me too. At that moment, it started to sprinkle, then rain about 8 p.m. Located under some cedar trees in the car or in our tent, our stuff stayed dry. Decked out in our Gore-Tex, protected us from the rain, we endured sprinkles for about an hour, and it rained hard for about 10 minutes. Our gear... And ourselves stayed dry. After the rain, we each had a nightcap. I chose a McEwins from Sean's Beer Library. All right. Well, my trek across the UP has uh, gotten a little more interesting, having uh, kind of changed how I uh, walk on these roads. and now paying more attention to the traffic, so I don't want to get run over. And uh, the asphalt and the gravel apron is really doing a number on me. I'm in quite a bit of pain at the end of the day. And it's uh, you know rather an ordeal to get motivated and get going in the morning. All right, well, thanks for joining me on this hike across Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And uh, we'll see you again on another episode of Trail Tales. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you later.